It really is impossible to keep up with the rules of the woke games when the rules are constantly changing. Like gender, rules for the left are, quote, fluid. Well, the latest to break the woke rules is none other than NFL Hall of Famer quarterback Troy Aikman. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. I am also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We are working really hard to change this radical left, deep blue state into something a little bit saner. We are working to get conservative candidates elected. We are trying to educate and empower Washington citizens to get them to stand up and speak up and take real action that can create change in this state. You can learn more about our work and what we're doing and how you can get involved by visiting our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. And for those of you who are not in the state of Washington, I have very exciting news coming very soon. We will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, here in just the next few weeks. So stay tuned. I will have more information coming soon and we're looking forward to getting people all over the country involved in our movement for change. It's really hard to keep up with all of the rules of the woke left. I mean, they are constantly changing the rules of the game. It's impossible to know what's right, what's wrong, what you can say, what you can't say. The latest rule breaker of the woke game rules of the left is none other than Hall of Fame quarterbacker Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman is also an announcer for ESPN and for the NFL. And last night was the Monday night football game. He said after a call was made by the refs, I hope that the competition committee looks at this during the set of meetings and we take the dresses off. Might be good to note that Troy Aikman was sacked 259 times in his career, and he is known for his toughness. I'm looking here at an article put out by The Daily Wire, and the people on Twitter got really upset with uh, Troy Aikman making this call. And one person said, uh, Jason Page at the back page. Did Troy Aikman really just say what I think he said? Did he really just say that it's time for the league to, quote, take the dresses off? The 60s called. They want their chauvinist back. Seriously, ESPN, do better than that crap. What's funny about this is these woke people have decided that they can't even define what a woman is, right? You have to be a biologist to be able to determine what a woman is. And gender is really fluid. So anybody can be a woman. And we have men wearing dresses. We've got, I mean, look at the, I forget what uh, Rachel Levine, I forget what uh, his title is with the Biden administration. But that dude wears a dress and has long hair. I mean, anybody can wear a dress, not just women. So if men are wearing dresses, I don't understand what the point of this is. And I don't understand why why this would be chauvinist or sexist or anything like that. I mean, the woke left is the ones who made up the rules that we can't even define what a woman is. So what does it matter if he made a comment about dresses since anyone of any of the 159 genders can wear a dress? 
I mean, it makes all of this a moot point, right? So they want to make up these rules, but they're constantly changing the rules. And it's like they forget the rules that they made and they're constantly contradicting themselves. Several months ago when this whole we can't define a woman thing was really um, coming out and you had um, during the Katanji Brown Jackson uh, hearings to get her confirmed for the Supreme Court. She was even asked by Senator Marsha Blackburn if she could tell the senator what a woman was. And that's the famous, no, I can't. I'm not a biologist. We have people on the left that can't even define what a woman is. Yet, if you scroll through Twitter and probably Facebook, you have these radical left Democrats who are screaming and crying about protecting a woman's reproductive health care rights. And what they mean by reproductive rights is the ability to kill a tiny human that lives in the womb at any point during the pregnancy up until and maybe after birth for any reason. There are no guardrails on abortion. And this is what they're calling reproductive rights for women. But wait, you couldn't define what a woman was just a few months ago, and now you're screaming about women's rights. Which one is it? They can't even keep up with the rules of their own game. They're constantly changing the rules, and it makes a perfect point. If the rules are fluid and gender is fluid, like if you aren't standing on the foundation of truth, you're really just standing in quicksand and nothing can be, there's nothing to stand on. And this whole idea of Troy Aikman making a sexist or misogynist comment is crap because we can't even define what a woman is and anybody can be a woman. A man just has to put on a dress to be a woman. So this idea of calling him a sexist for saying this comment, which actually is kind of funny. And, and, you know, I, as a woman, I don't take offense to it. I think, you know, we've heard the saying throw like a girl all the time. Well, that doesn't offend me. I don't throw like a guy because I'm a female. And so my arm isn't as strong as a guy's arm. And so I throw like a girl. And I don't think that Troy Aikman meant any anything negative by this, but we've gotten to a point where everything is serious and everything leads to offending someone. And it just doesn't make like society isn't any fun because you're just walking on eggshells all the time, you know, hoping that you don't offend someone kind of on a different note, but but similar, I was in a position, uh, I was at an appointment last night, and um, the the normal person I see for my appointment was there. And then there was a new person uh, that was in training. And so they sat in on the appointment. And it was very obviously a woman who was dressing in men's clothing and clearly wanted to be identified as a male. But she had all of the feminine features, right? Like she had feminine hands and she didn't have hairy arms like men do. And she had, you know, soft facial features and she didn't have facial hair or any kind of, you know, stubble or five o'clock shadow like a man would. I didn't I wasn't introduced to this person by pronouns and during the the time that we were all in the same room together I I did refer to this person as she and I felt bad because this person seemed like a a genuinely sweet person but it was just in my nature that 
I know I'm interacting with a female. And so just by habit, I go to female pronouns. And I didn't do it to be disrespectful. I also am not going to play the game. And I didn't know this person's first name. And so I didn't have the ability to call this person by their first name. I guess um, I've since learned that she uses they, them pronouns. And I don't do that. I don't, they, them is a plural pronoun. I will not call a single person by plural pronouns. I will call them by their name, but I don't play pronoun game. I just am not going to do it. It's not based in truth. It's not based in reality. And I just, I can't do it. Um, If other people want to, that's fine. I will call you by your name. Whatever name you want to be called, I'll call you that. But I just can't, I can't get there with the pronoun thing. And so I'd be curious, I kind of wish we were having a two-way conversation right now because I'd be curious, what do you do in situations like that? How do you, how do you engage with people in a way to be respectful of them and their desires to have a certain identity? Um, and when you slip up unintentionally, I didn't want to hurt this person. Um, I didn't want to offend them. Um, and I want to be respectful, but I didn't know the name. And, and I really, I, I realized it right away. And I think I got mean mugged and, um, I wasn't sure how to fix it. I didn't know what to say. It was just this awkward situation. I'd be curious for feedback and input on this. Have you been in this situation and what do you do? Do you use the pronouns? Do you use the person's first name? And and have you had one of those experiences where you totally messed up unintentionally, but you didn't have a first name to use? And, and you know, it's just in our nature that that we do recognize male and female. You know, we've done this for thousands of years and now the game has changed and there's all these different genders and there's new genders being you know new pronouns and genders being made up every single day it's really hard to keep up so all my contact info is in the comments and I'd love to hear what what you would do or what you'd have done in this situation you can email me you can tweet at me uh, find me on social media I'd I'd be curious for input and suggestions on this one because I think it's important for us to respect individuals and and be polite to them while also not denying the truth and reality. So I do, I you know, maybe going forward, if I am in a situation like that, again, I would talk, I would ask the person for their name so that then going forward, I could use their name that that seems to be the best way, at least for me personally. Well, a complete 180 and shifting gears here, Tulsi Gabbard, who I met Tulsi last November, I think, in Washington, D.C., and uh, she came and spoke at an event that I was at, and she, I got to, to meet her and chat with her very briefly and take a picture with her, and I really like Tulsi. I don't agree with Tulsi on every issue, and when she came to this event, she was the only person in the room wearing a mask, which I thought was kind of funny. And of course, I think masks are ridiculous, but you know, I appreciate a person's right to choose. If that's what they want to do, that's fine. Uh, it, it is kind of telling, though, when people are wearing the masks. And I don't think even for people that are in a high risk category, I don't think that the masks, especially the fabric masks really do that much. But that was the only kind of negative thing I would have to say from my in-person experience with her. 
Um, you know, I've, I've watched her a lot since then, and I really like her. I mean, she's probably the one Democrat that I would say is on the side of sanity. And she has come out today, National Coming Out Day. Uh, she is no longer going to remain in the Democrat Party. And I, I am going to play for you her video that she put on social media to talk about this. I think she's really brave, and I think she's really courageous. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Now, like I said, I don't see eye to eye with Tulsi Gabbard on a lot of issues, namely the Second Amendment and her view on gun control. But I very much appreciate and acknowledge her making this step away from a party that is going has gone in a very dangerous direction. We need to see more people in the Democratic Party see what's going on, the radical left, these elites, and say, I cannot stay with you anymore. It doesn't make them a conservative. And I think that's what people on the right need to understand. Just because she's leaving the Democratic Party doesn't mean she's walked over into our camp and sees things the way we do. That doesn't mean we can't support some of these decisions that she's making. We can agree on the areas that we align. It doesn't mean that we want her to be the next president or the next vice president or the next senator or anything like that. We can acknowledge the positive steps in the right direction without putting her up on a pedestal. And there's some interesting stuff going back and forth on Twitter on this. You've got some conservatives who are putting her on blast for this and others who are putting her up on a pedestal. And I don't think either of those is the right way to go. I think it's important to acknowledge her stepping out in the right direction, but also to acknowledge and realize that she doesn't align with the conservative agenda 100%. And Jesse Kelly made a good point today. If if this um, walking away from the Democrat Party is going to put her on the conservative cable TV shows and making the the circuit on, on, on TV, that's great because this is a great message that gets out there. And she's got the image of being young and very attractive that people will listen to. 
This is what we need. We need people like Tulsi who are young and attractive and smart and are walking away from the radical left agenda. So I think this is huge. I think this is a great thing. I don't think it's a perfect thing, but what is? And I think that people on the right need to give a little bit of grace here. And I have a personal example that I'll use to relate to this story. Up until about eight years ago, I was pro-choice. And I would say I was never, uh, and I don't know, I'm, like we're looking back to 2014, and I don't know if back then, I don't remember hearing about, you know, second trimester and, and late term abortions. I never would have been for that. But I always was pro-choice, you know, during that first trimester. And I, you know, had an unplanned pregnancy when I was 20 years old. And I did consider having an abortion, and I'm so glad that I didn't. And I gave birth to my daughter at the age of 21. And I'm very glad that I made that decision. But I was also, at the time, and for most of my adult life, I was very pro-choice. I thought that a woman should have the ability to make that choice for herself. And I was grateful that I was able to make that decision for myself. Well, Back around eight years ago, I would say around tw uh, mid-2014 is when I started reading the Bible. And the Bible has very definitive things to say about life. The Bible is pro-life. And I couldn't ignore the truth of the Bible. And it doesn't mean that I take judgment on women who have an abortion. I think that a lot of young ladies are scared they don't know their options, and they don't have the support that they need to choose life. I believe that is true, but I also believe that we have a radical left agenda that is encouraging abortion. We have radical leftists who I believe they want to kill these babies. And so I have shifted from a, I would say, a, <laughs> a normal pro-choice pro abortion with guardrails person to very pro-life, adamantly pro-life. And I'm very strong in that stance. And I am proof that people can change. People's positions can change when people are educated about a certain issue or they have an experience that changes them about the facts of a matter or they just open their eyes to the truth, whether that is, you know, for me, it was the biblical truth, the truth of God's word and everything. That is the foundation for everything in life. That is what I believe. And so that has, in the last eight years, that has shaped my views hugely. And I think that can be said, you know, God works in all of us. And I don't know if Tulsi's a Christian. I gather that she's not because I think she is pro-choice. But God can work in people inch by inch. Maybe they're not, you know, presto changeo changed overnight, but they gradually take these steps into, into God's truth. And that's my hope that he is working in Tulsi and he's working in so many people. That has to be our prayer. God, change people's hearts, change people's minds. That is what we need. And so I think that we need to have, we need to be able to give grace Two people like Tulsi who are opening their eyes, who are seeing the evil on the left, and they're saying, no more. 
I am not going to participate in what you are doing. It may take time for them to keep moving, but I believe that we should celebrate these positive changes. And by celebrating, that doesn't mean that we put these people up on a pedestal. And I think it speaks volumes that Tulsi has done this because she has, by putting this out there publicly and speaking out against this, she has put a target on her back and not a target, not just for the radical left, but for the devil himself. And make no mistake, she will be under spiritual attack and she will be under the attack of the radical left Democrats. And so we need to pray for her, pray for her to continue to see truth and to speak bravely and boldly about the truth that she's seeing. And I pray that she finds God, that God is with her to strengthen her and protect her and give her wisdom and that she encounters God in a way that she cannot deny and that she is changed by that encounter. I think that's the best thing that we can pray for. And we know that this is a spiritual battle that we are in right now. And so winning souls for Jesus Christ, that is our mission. And if Tulsi is on that path to being one for Jesus Christ, that's a huge cause to celebrate. Well, I'm going to leave it there for today. As usual, I've got links to both of these stories that I shared today in the show notes. And also, if you'd like to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you, especially if you've got any feedback on my earlier question. I'd love to hear from you. All of my contact info is in the notes, and I look forward to chatting with you again next time.